This is the PropTech VC Podcast. We give you unique insights into how innovative technologies are disrupting real estate. We interview top entrepreneurs, investors, and knowledgeable experts to share the inside scoop in this fast-moving industry. It's hosted by leading PropTech VC, Zane Jaffer. Let's dive into today's content. When you're building a product and you've got women as a target audience, uh, it seems obvious in terms of the value proposition you need to provide for them. And I'm sure you, you, know, you can maybe talk about the research you did to sort of identify this is a problem, not just that you're facing, but a problem that a significant proportion of women face. And sort of once you address that, then it becomes a question of, okay, the decision maker, in some ways, the distributor or the gatekeeper might not be a female that understands the problem. In some ways, a gatekeeper literally means, you know, I, I control the door here and I control what goes inside this building or, you know, in this park or this neighborhood. Consequently, that means it could be a man who may not appreciate that the women in, in this property or this building have this problem. So sort of walk us through, how, how did you validate um, the problem set beyond yourselves? What advice do you have for other people trying to do the same? So I haven't come across a single woman in my life before or during starting SOS that hasn't faced this issue on the go. I think it is a prolific issue that every single woman faces. And as you leave the United States, it becomes even worse. I think access to feminine care is a global issue um, or the lack thereof. And so, you know, beyond that personal experience, we did conduct a survey with the first founded the company that was coast to coast across over a hundred of our friends and family and peers um, across industries and experience sets to see what people's experiences were. And no surprise, the data was overwhelmingly validating of, you know, that personal experience set that we had each had. But, you know, I, I do think the complexity of our business is obvious as is the problem we're solving. So fortunately for us, the problem didn't need a lot of validation, but we have our work cut out for us to make sure that this network you know, thrives and becomes the network that we're envisioning. And I think the truth is that if men were faced with the same issue, that this would have been basically disrupted a long time ago, right? So if men needed to leave the building, ask a friend for products that are going to be used in the bathroom potentially every day or multiple times um, and the buildings and the companies and the corporations weren't providing those products I think or you were forced to pay with quarters or the machines were empty all the time um, there would probably have been quite a bit of uh, negative feedback and the space would have been disrupted so again to Rubina's point it's a problem that women face um, and have faced and typically the folks who are responsible for collecting feedback in commercial properties are, are typically men. So most women in these spaces haven't wanted to go to the head of facilities necessarily to say, hey, I'm literally on my period right now, I need a tampon. This is, you know, a messed up situation. And so we are the voice <laughs> for all the women who, who didn't want to have that conversation and we're happy to be doing it and hopefully we'll, you know, change the world because of it. You know, there's a, a great book by Alan Cooper called The Inmates Are Running the Asylum. Across business schools, uh, MBA programs, it is a case study on, um, think about it, inmates running the asylum. If you task, you know, prisoners with running the prison and, and designing it, it's gonna be built a certain way. 
And in the same way here, if the decision makers are men, they're going to be having a bias. They're going to build products that they can resonate with. Uh, and the magnitude of the problem doesn't sink in. For a, a, a woman, for example, as you said, who, who needs a tampon in a rush and there's no choice, that is an urgent life critical problem and a discrete problem too, not one you're going to be advertising. And if you solve that pain point, you generally improve the lives of, of people, the occupants in that building. That's not an intuitive insight at all. And, and a lot of technology today seems intuitive to us, right? The ability to do things on your smartphone with one tap and you know to get navigation, etc. But it took a lot of research and, and you know changing the current landscape and the industry you're in, which is smart retail and using vending machines as a way to do that is is ripe for disruption. Now, going back to um, the gatekeeper sale, do you find more success when there is a, uh, a, a woman executive in charge of the decision or do you find it, you know, it, it works no matter what, as long as you create a logical pitch? And is there logic involved or is there emotion involved with both when you're when you're trying to push your product? So I don't, we may have different experiences here, but I don't think that it really matters if it's a man or a woman. I think with a woman, they're going to intuitively understand the problem. So you kind of move past that part of the conversation a lot more quickly. But, you know, I think with SOS, as I mentioned before, from the very first moment, we expanded the product set to include more than just the feminine care products. And some of the products that we sell, as I mentioned, you know, we saw last year are actually being purchased by men. And so there's this amenity that was designed and built by women for women. But what's really interesting as we think about our expansion over the next three to five years, there's the need and interest on the part of men to actually participate and use the SOS network as well. And so where we originally had thought these machines would exist within a women's restroom, we've actually evolved our thinking to locate the machines approximate to the restroom so that if a man wanted to buy a deodorant wipe or a chapstick, that that amenity is there for them as well. And that is, as you can imagine, made conversations with real estate owners even simpler because now this is an amenity that's actually serving their entire population. Do you find, uh, and is the advice here for any uh, founders or executives trying to sell to um, trying to sell a product targeting women? Do you need a different pitch if it's a man or a woman, or is is the pitch really the same? What's been your experience? I think that we typically get to a point of conversation pretty quickly where we have to say the word tampon and period. And even the founding story, I was, you know, I had my period. And so cutting to the chase, like we get right to the point, um, there is a little bit more grace and space, I would say, built in for some men in the room who may, you know, need a minute to be comfortable talk, talking about the topic. And we're fine giving that space and time as long as we can ultimately end up um, with the right outcome, which is getting, you know, a product in the market and, and getting access to these these amenities um, improved for women's space. So it's, I would say it is, it is a different conversation. We've learned a lot along the way. Um, I think our backgrounds in finance and coming from careers that were built in male-dominated environments facing off with decision makers who are primarily male positioned Rabina and I very well to be the women having this conversation because we have basically been in the space and dealing with um, 
a very male-dominated community for our whole careers. So um, as a founding team, I think it's been very beneficial to us to have you know a lot of comfort and level of confidence being in rooms with decision makers who are you know men, since it's our typical. Well, well I think we're at a tipping point in technology adoption and innovation where the market is starting to appreciate the needs of humans and particularly women. You're seeing now new legislation passed where you need to have mother rooms, uh, just as you used to have prayer rooms before, right? Now you need mother rooms to, to, to breastfeed your baby. And, and you know, in, in most airports now, that's fairly visible. Legislation is moving in that direction. Um, going back to the problem you're solving, and just for sort of the benefit of some of our, our listeners here, it's not just about improving the comfort of uh, your target audience. Sometimes when you run a company, the problem you're solving is so foundational that there's somewhat of a social mission. And those businesses are the ones that have the potential to transform. So to get to the point here, uh, here's an interesting stat. According to the Water Aid Organization, this is shocking, okay? The lack of water Basic sanitation, sanitation and hygiene leads to deaths of almost, now the number I'm about to say is, is I'm gonna repeat it, it's 800,000. 800,000 women globally a year are, are attributed to dying because of the lack of water and hygiene. So if you think about this problem on a global scale, it's scary. And here in your current market, the US, it's really a test bed. And I guess what, what, what makes it easy too is the market size is tremendous. The, the, the feminine hygiene market is, is supposed to hit a $27.8 billion uh, market value by 2027. And there are opportunities I feel today that entrepreneurs and executives can leap onto if they target and go into this segment. People have a bias, especially if they're men, um, or even some women can have a bias, you know, because they're in a real male-dominated environment, right? And what's your advice given that there's this wave of innovation and disruption happening? How, how should someone, you know, take that step like you did and you both were very successful, uh, successful in the corporate realm and you, you left the comfort of, you know, some of the most prestigious firms in the world to go out there and, and create a company in the new category? Yeah, I think that the simple answer is because we were really just floored by how ridiculous the current state of affairs is for women. So that is, hasn't changed. We still feel that way and we're solving that every day. You know, to answer your question about that besides the market and the other innovators, one of the things we acknowledged right away when we started SOS was the incredible evolution of quality in feminine care products. So there are a lot of really amazing companies that have built products and design products that are more sustainable, that have ingredients that are clean. You know, there's a huge wave within the beauty world right now for more clean brands to exist and for more transparency to exist for consumers. They actually know what's going into their bodies. We work with an incredible brand, Cora, who has a clean or all organic feminine care product line um, right now within the SOS network, I think one of the things we realized had not been solved was getting those products into people's hands when they were outside the house. And so this idea of this distribution model 
right? And transport of goods from kind of point A to point B and making sure that they are at point B when you need them is really where SOS inserts itself. So there is a lot of logistics to our business, right? We need to make sure that these machines are stocked at all times, that you're not faced with the same issues as a consumer that you face with the current model, which is, you know, machines are often out of stock. The coin-operated mechanism to pay has obviously been resolved with the more digital forms of payment we accept, but making sure that products are there where you need them when you need them is really the heart of SOS and I think ultimately will make or break our company. And we're also really betting on, with a lot of conviction, that solving a problem for the most valuable consumer on planet Earth, which is women, is a good bet to make, right? So this is a problem that is pervasive, that is felt and experienced by women worldwide, and we are also spending all the money. So ultimately, you know, the consumer marketplace is very eager to reach and access this consumer and we're solving a major fundamental you know problem for her which is this access so i think we feel you know very excited about the mission and also about the value of what we can build absolutely this was a really wonderful insights it was an absolute pleasure to have you both on the show today how can our listeners reach you and is there any ask you have we have a lot of a whole very diverse audience we have executives at large companies listen to this, a lot of people in real estate, both on the facilities management side, but also on the investment side. And then you know, we've got other founders who, who, who find definitely inspiration in this. Anything you're looking for from our audience and how can they reach you? Yeah, so I will throw out, we have um, a single email that is easy enough to, for people to use if they want to reach out and talk more about SOS or placing SOS machines in your space or investing in SOS um, for the investors that are listening and watching. So that email is founders at worldofsos.com. Um, and for those of you that are just interested in watching our journey, we have a fledgling but growing Instagram account. Um, the handle's at world underscore of underscore SOS. So I would encourage you to follow us there and just track our progress. And to the listeners that live in Boston, um, we are live obviously in the city of Boston. We'll be expanding outside of Boston very soon. But if you haven't already, our machines are spread across town and I would encourage you to go onto our website um, and go visit one and let us know what you think. And just for good measure, I'll add one more ask, which is if you are interested in learning about how to get the SOS network in your city, in your building, um, in your space, we are growing our network and are looking for great partners to work with who understand the mission um, of the company and are interested in working with us. So please reach out. We, we want to have this network coast to coast and um, would love to do so with you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Zane. Thank you.